At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by photographycourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to the talented John Spees, who is a cave photographer currently residing in Thailand. He has explored and mapped hundreds of caves and taken many incredible pictures. As you can already tell, this interview is going to be very, very exciting. John talks about his adventures in caves, shares tips for aspiring cave photographers, and much, much more. Please enjoy. Hey, John, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is John Spees. I'm a, an Australian citizen and I've spent most of my life in Thailand. I'm 65 years old and uh, at the moment I'm in Australia. 
That's awesome. And you are a cave photographer. And that's, to me, such a unique genre. I feel like not many people really know that that's, you know, a thing that people pursue. Yeah, I really enjoy taking photographs in caves, put it that way. And I've been doing it for a long time. So, you know, it's hard to sort of pigeonhole yourself as as one thing or another. Many, many things. But cave photography is definitely a, a keen interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And what camera equipment do you use? Uh, See, that sort of, we can delve back into a bit of the history of um, photography here because when I first started taking pictures in caves, which was about 40 years ago, I had a fantastic old Nikon FM2, which was indestructible beast and you could cut it anywhere, but it always worked. And then when digital came along, I played around with a few small cameras and I finally got a, a Canon 5D, which was wonderful. I, I, I loved it but it was heavy. It was getting really hard to lug inside caves and there was a few other issues with it. Otherwise, it was a wonderful camera. So finally, I'm, I'm on my second Sony uh, mirrorless. It's a A7R three, And yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Sonys. It's maybe not quite as robust as my older models, <laughs> but um, there's a few features that I, I, I really like on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to have a lightweight camera for cave photography as you mentioned i think because it's really difficult to first of all carry a heavy camera and then a tripod potentially and you know a bunch of other things and it's dangerous as well (laughs) i don't have really many porters most of the stuff i have to carry myself so friends can help a little bit with lights and things like that but once you you know put in the camera and a few lenses and a tripod and your dry bag and your caving gear and you lug it into inside a cave for well it can be 17 hours on some trips so yeah yeah, sounds like quite an adventure Mm. Mm -hmm. you have over 30 years of experience as a cave explorer and guide when did you realize that you wanted to pursue this really exciting lifestyle uh well that it all happened after i left australia i was i left australia when i was 21 i i dropped out of the university course i was going to travel around the world and see the world i was headed on a overland from australia to europe which people were doing back then backpackers travelers it was very very basic there was one i think lonely planet's first guidebook called across asia on the cheap anyway i made it to thailand and one thing led to another and i ended up living there in northern thailand and walking in areas where there were some really magnificent caves many of them unexplored and uh with many different unique features and archaeological sites and it was fascinating and I wanted to record them and was always interested in all sorts of photography. I was taking lots of photographs of hill tribes who were very traditional back then. So um, I ended up living in an area of limestone cast where there's many caves up near the, the border between Thailand and Myanmar and built the cave lodge and that was when two I don't know, part of the lifestyle and to support myself. I did guiding and and I got more and more interested in photography, particularly un- underground photography. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a really interesting introduction to cave photography. It's really cool. You have a business in Thailand called Cave Lodge, as you mentioned. Where yeah. did you get the idea to start it and what has been the experience like so far? Wow, this... You know, I, I could ramble on for hours with any of these questions, actually. <laughs> That's fine. Feel free to do that. <laughs> but for, for Cave Lodge, when I first came to Thailand, I 
certainly didn't intend to stay there. I ended up falling in love with a local guide, and she was a, a Northern Thai girl, and we lived together in Chiang Mai, which is the old capital of Northern Thailand, for seven years, and we ran a hill tribe trekking tour business, and which meant we'd find groups of travelers back then and take them on adventures into the mountains for four days, seven days, ten days, and we'd walk from village to village. It was very remote. There was there was sometimes we could walk a week or more and never cross a road. It was um, pretty pristine cultures. So that was incredible. But one of the areas we were walking in, in far northwest Thailand, in Mehong Son province, was probably our favorite. And it was also an area of intense natural beauty with beautiful limestone ranges, cliffs, caves, sinking streams, waterfalls. And uh, well, after many, many years of trekking in the mountains, we decided we wanted to have a start a family, needed a place to stay. We didn't have any money. So we moved out to to the, the little Shan village, which we knew out there. And we basically squatted on an empty block of land and started building a house. And, and to support ourselves, we we needed people to come in and stay with us, so we started as a guest house. And I'd already spent seven years walking around the area. I knew the area really well. I knew where many of the caves were. And a whole life of cave exploration started after that. Australian cavers, speleologists came over, and together for many years we searched for unexplored caves. And we mapped oh, many, many, about tens and tens of kilometers of virgin passage, really and found some extraordinary things. And so the experience has been, well, well, life-changing for a start, but there's been many ups and downs when you run a... It, we were a very popular guest house for many, many years. Unfortunately, we're closed at the moment due to COVID. But, um, yeah, we've had tens of thousands of people through our doors, and, yeah, all sorts of things have happened. Not not every one of them, you know, good, and there's been stressful times, but overall it's... I, wouldn't change a thing. It's been incredible. Mm-hmm. Wow. And truly, what an incredible life. It's, it was unplanned, but that's sort of what happens. I think, um, you know, didn't John Lennon or something say something like, you know, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans? Or <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's cool with things like that because you can't really predict how your life will go. And then when something like that comes up, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. The fact that you've met so many people is incredible, that you've gotten to photograph so many caves. Is uh, truly, truly impressive. Yeah, it was. I think I was very lucky in in many ways. Where I ended up as a sort of aimless backpacker, I could have ended up probably anywhere in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It turned out to be a very interesting and a great spot to live with good people and amazing surrounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. And cave photography can be very limiting when it comes to available light. How do you keep your photos sharp and striking in low light conditions? Ah, now this, yeah, well, there's, there's another bit of a history of cave photography I can ramble on about here because um, when I first started taking pictures on my Nikon, I was shooting with Kodachrome slide film, ASA 64, most of the time, sometimes Velvia 50, which was even worse. And I had a, a cable that could a locking little shutter cable that could lock my shutter open on the on the bulb B setting. And the problem was lights. Back then, 40 years ago, I was using burning pine wood, kerosene lanterns, candles, um, flashlights, just basically anything that could illuminate the dark. 
because the idea with often with my type of cave photography is you uh, because you're in the dark you can leave the camera open as long as as you like and you just add the light so you can paint whatever part of the cave with whatever intensity as you like but the problem with back then was i'd have to, i'd take a photograph then i'd have to uh send it to australia to get processed and it'd take about two months to get back and by then of course i've forgotten totally about how much light i gave a particular scene or or how i could improve the picture so it was very very difficult to take a good photograph back then particularly on slide film but then when digital came along that's when they also started introducing led lights and they made a huge difference just before that i was using carbide lights spotlights from battery torches and all sorts of not very good light sources so once leds came in you could really start lighting up some very dark scenes and also with um, digital photography you've got that instant access to what you've just shot so you can adjust the light i can if something isn't properly lit or you need to take it from a different angle i can add more light so to keep it getting back to the original question to keep it sharp and striking i i strive to take it with a very light low iso usually 100 and try to get the light angled away from the camera so if, if you can backlighting's great side lighting and this is where it gets a little bit, bit more difficult if you're on your own it's very hard to do everything if you've got a dedicated team of two or three friends who will you know who, who like caving and will sort of work for a few beers or whatever then um <laughs> then you're in luck as having a, a few light sources and having people that you can communicate with and also willing models because some of my models will be in countless poses and sometimes have to sit perfectly still for a minute or more or stand still or so it's 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 not so easy to and to keep things sharp to keep the models to light it correctly and yeah i mean you can and also shooting in raw is it and in high resolution the highest possible you can you can also play around with it a bit later particularly with the lighting mm -hmm. yes well, truly, it is very important to have a dedicated team of people who are passionate about what you do and want to help you out. And it is definitely important to have uh, to shoot in RAW. And uh, I was quite surprised to know that you typically use a low ISO number. I feel like most people say that you should use, you know, maybe not the highest possible ISO, but something that's higher than what you usually use in low light. But it's, that's cool. That's true. I mean, they, they, these days you can actually... Um, you know, you, you can get some really sharp photographs on you know, 1250 or even higher. But I just really like the very, very sharpness. And also it means when you're shooting a, a really low ISO, you can also crop. So there might be just a little part of that photograph that, that really stands out. Some other parts mightn't be lit so well. So you can really get in there and grab that little bit. And there's and it, and it, and it does really well in, in the dark. You know, you, you get very few little pixels and things coming out I, it's um if i can I'll, I'll use a low iso that i'll throw in if i'm in a hurry or it's a action scene or something like that then sure i'll pump it up to anything 3200 just to get the shot but if it's like a it's almost a bit like landscape photography you set it up you you, you put it on a really nice IS, low iso to get the really sharp effects and you just add lots and lots of light and sometimes by you don't even need such a big light. You just need a lot of time. 
So, you know, leave, leave it open for a few minutes, whatever. You know, you can leave it open for hours if you want <laughs> and just slowly add light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very good advice. In your interview with My Modern Met, you mentioned that caving isn't a safe sport and that you've had some pretty scary experiences in caves. It's probably even harder when you have to carry a camera with you. What do you find the most difficult about cave photography? Oh, gee. Yeah, well, you know, firstly, you've got to get there. <laughs> so whether it's just, you know, outside the cave, you know, it might be up a hill, up a creek or whatever. It's not always easy. And then once you're in the cave, you, to get to the places you want to photograph, I mean, don't get me wrong, some caves, entrances and places are very accessible and anyone can really get there and take a few shots. But um, some of the more interesting places are often deep, deep inside. And so that involves actual traversing whatever the cave throws at you, which might be you know, large sections of breakdown rubble, deep streams, climbing certain places. It can, it can get a bit tricky. And so, yeah, you're carrying your gear, and I usually put my camera inside a um, one of those sealable hard plastic boxes and then put inside a dry bag and a little bit of padding and put inside my backpack or something like that. So, so it's... And then you've got oh, other things you might come across, like um, getting lost or you know, toxic air or things like that, which, oh. which, which can add to the dangers. But there's also little things like um, with your gear, keeping it dry and also getting the temperature right. You don't want to take a cold camera into a warm cave or all your lenses are going to mist up for quite a long time. You'll be sitting around trying to, trying to warm up your camera for an hour or two before you can shoot. So you want to get um, yeah, get your all your, your gear to about cave temperature before you go in. And then there's, sometimes there's mist in caves. I mean, right at the entrance, you've got to look out for snakes and things. Fortunately, where we are, there's no more tigers, but there used to be tigers in cave entrances. Oh, wow. I haven't seen one of them. Well, I've seen some footprints, but that was a while ago. So, wow. yeah, there are dangers. And, you know, there's also the basic things like if, if you do go into a cave, you definitely must have your three sources of light. You need going with friends is, is ideal. I don't always, but, you know, that's I go to very familiar caves if I'm going alone. And, um, yeah, and tell people where you're going. All the, the basic safety concerns apply for sure. And also equipment. You, know, you want to have the right boots. You need a helmet, um, gloves maybe. You know, the, the right gear, if it's a cold cave, you need your, your protection gear, wetsuits, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's, pretty, it's a serious sport. It's not something to be taken lightly. But, but then again, you, to get some really good photographs, sometimes you only have to go in you know, 50, 100 metres, get some, some of those lovely entrance shots, which are pretty easy to take on pretty well any camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in general, it sounds like every photo shoot is an adventure. And it's an unpredictable adventure at that, what with all the tiger prints and everything. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the the other thing is that if you really want to get some good photographs, it's good to go on a dedicated cave photography trip, mm-hmm. which yes. you've organised or you're going with friends or your helpers or whatever. So rather than just, if you're just exploring caves, it's it's so absorbing and it's, it's so you don't really have time for anything else. To, you know, and and no, nobody wants to sit around and wait for, for you to take photographs while everyone else is trying to push a virgin passage or something. <laughs> so, so if you go there with 
plenty of time and a, and a pretty chilled out, relaxed group who are <laughs> very willing to help and, and everyone's you know, enjoying the experience and it, it, makes, it, it makes a big difference. And also with, mm-hmm. you know, I've done it with total strangers and we've had a great time and, and with lots of, I've taken lots of non-cavers, people who've never been inside caves before and um, they have, have an even better time. <laughs> they're, they're having a brand new experience at the same time. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Horton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent advice. You really have to be accompanied by people who know what they're doing if this is your first time trying out cave photography because you can't really go inside on your own. That's really dangerous. You have to make sure that you're with a reliable group of people. Yeah, the, the other problem is in many countries in the world, many caves are actually gated and you, you cannot access them without special permission. So if you're really, really keen, you, know, you could join a, a caving group, a grotto or whatever they call them in different countries and join them and there's always lots of keen photographers in amongst the caving groups who 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 need assistance and you, there's no reason why you can't take your camera and tripod and along on one of those trips and do what they do use their lights or something like that but there's there, there's also many other tourist caves i mean i don't particularly like to take photographs inside caves that are artificially lit ones that have been open for tourists and there's neon lighting or whatever lighting all over the place. One, because they're very difficult to photograph in with all the artificial light in there. And I prefer to see caves in their natural light in, or natural state in a way. I mean, uh, and it's a much better, it's a bit like an empty canvas. You've got this dark room. You can paint it any way you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really important to have full control over a scenery, especially if you are shooting underground and in Mm. a place where you really want to make the most of your surroundings. And yeah, I understand why artificial light would really be problematic in in caves. A a bit of natural light coming in from the entrance is usually wonderful because Mm -hmm. you can mix them with the light that you're adding and the different times of the day. It's the same like any photography, you know, if, if there's any natural light involved, it's that time of the day can be very important. So early mornings or late afternoons in cave entrances when sometimes you have sunbeams coming into the cave mist or or other rather beautiful scenes like that, it's, it's, it's a wonderful time to be there as well. 
just to enjoy the scene as well as to photograph it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've seen many of your pictures where there's natural light underground and it's absolutely breathtaking because it's a mixture of that darkness and the light coming in through a, mm. a small hole and it's it's a wonderful contrast. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 few special moments if you, if you luck upon them, you know, you've, you've probably seen lots of pictures from those, uh, the big cave, Hang Song Dong in Vietnam, where they got the light coming through the sky hole in the roof mm-hmm. and it moves moves across the formations or across the lake or something in there there's some people have done some great time lapse type photography in in places like that as well mm-hmm. well it's clear that you've explored many breathtaking places where would you like to go next um gee there's actually in my own backyard which is up in Mehong son province you know i really have checked hundreds of caves and there's more and to find those unknown caves you know people sometimes ask me you know, how many unknown caves are there around here or something silly like that you know it's like who, who would know <laughs> but there's there's probably a lot put, put it that way and so yeah within thailand itself and recently i did a trip over to myanmar which was great that was with some cavers and i was going i was joining them to photograph sea caves down in uh, the andaman coastline down there in southern myanmar and so we're out in the boat for six days and finding all sorts of unnamed little sea caves, holes in rocks and things. And we're looking for, for bats, which is, they're pretty amazing little critters. And so, yeah, that, well, that was a fantastic trip. And Myanmar has a lot of limestone and a lot of it's pretty well unexplored by cavers. And from my experience in Thailand, if it's a big stream cave and it looks sort of dangerous or difficult to get into, there's a very good chance the locals have never been in it. For you know, they're 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 scared of generally of spirits, bad spirits, or tigers, snakes, and other things like that. Bears even that can live in cave entrances, and they generally avoided them. So there's plenty of potential for and discovery. Is one thing that really drives cavers and cave photographers as well forward. I mean, to be able to be the first person to actually light some of these dark places first person ever it's a that's quite a extraordinary experience and um mm-hmm. and be able to photograph them for the first time ever too something that's never been seen before that's pretty special there's the rest of the the universe almost not quite the universe let's say the world under the oceans it's all been seen mapped in one way or another and the underground is the last frontier nobody knows what is there and what could be there so yeah so anyway really i'm, I'm happy anywhere to explore next mm-hmm. it's all- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can see why that is exciting and and so, so just fulfilling to be able to be the first person to discover something. I can totally see the beauty in that. Yeah. It's, it's usually just something you share just with yourself or with one or two friends or with you, you know, and it's, it's not something you go out and sort of brag about so much. Hey, I was the first person to go into this cave. (laughs) but, But it is a bit of a, it's more of a wow type feeling to, you know, to think that, in all the history of you know, the last millions of years, no one has ever been into this particular place. And I've been into quite a few of them. And many of them are vertical caves where you need to rope down. And that's why you, you know for sure that nobody has ever been down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's fascinating. Your portfolio isn't limited to cave photography only, though. You have stunning photos of waterfalls, buildings, people, and much more. Do you have any tips for photographers who want to pursue different photography genres successfully? Oh, I think most photographers, they will 
always take pictures of almost anything, you know, particularly if they um, if they travel or they're on holidays or something like that. They're they're away from their work or their little niche, and it's it's all in the eye of the beholder, really. I mean, it's, I really only start shooting a lot when I'm inspired by something in one way or another. And new places, new scenes, I they're often the sort of things that can inspire me. So an interesting scene, something that's a bit different. And I think it's a shame, you know, that some of the particularly professional photographers do fall into a bit of a niche because that's what they need to do to survive in a way. But I think like, yeah, most people with, you, you can really broaden your interests and um, there's so many fantastic things out there to take photographs of. Well, I sometimes go for, find myself going through phases. You know, for a while I'll be really into macro stuff and trying to get shoot little bugs and tiny little flowers and things like that. And then um, you know, I'll be into street scenes or people for a while. And I, I always love nature scenes. It's a, it's a bit like, I suppose, why I got into cave photography, just pristine nature, waterfalls, trees, forests, uh, landscapes that are where, where particularly it's untouched. You know, I've, I've always enjoyed that. So in, in cave photography also, it's not just limited to actually taking pictures of cave formations and rocks and things like that. There are so many other, particularly in where I live, in northwest Thailand, the caves are, many of them are amazing archaeological sites. So I know 80 or 90 caves that have prehistoric wooden coffins in them that are 1,500, 2,000 years old. There's other caves with prehistoric rock art in them. And I love photographing rock art. Mm. There's other caves with newly discovered troglobitic fish. There's so many different things that are associated with caves and caving that, um, there's, yeah, there's many different sorts of photography right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess the key, as you mentioned, is to just embrace inspiration and expose yourself to different environments so that it's easier for you to find creative sceneries to photograph. Yeah, and I I think traveling away from your home, even for a short distance or international travel in particular, you know, that most photographers can become quickly inspired by new scenes and experiences and and, uh, they'll start clicking a bit more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I showed my mom your work. She was very impressed. And she asked me to ask you the following question, which is, what is the most interesting thing that you found in a cave? Oh, what a great question. Good on you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I, I probably can't put my finger on it, but I have a list. Uh, now, as I said, there are the, uh, many of the caves in our area, prehistoric humans lived there. They used them for art or as just a, a shelter and so i've found quite a few human bones skulls in particular that have been cemented into cave floors when the drips from stalactites and slowly slowly over hundreds or thousands of years have have cemented them into floors that's pretty cool and many of the coffins these been with archaeological research teams where we've done we've actually spent a few years studying the coffins and photographing them and all the artifacts we found some amazing things. We found beads from Rome. We found um, teeth from 2,000 years ago where some prehistoric dentist had drilled little holes into the side of them and put in little gold and silver studs. And also finding rock art inside caves, a prehistoric rock art. Um, 
cave troglobitic life. That's uh, cave critters that have evolved to live totally in the dark, so they have no eyes, no skin pigment. We found a, a new genus of cave fish in a couple of caves in our district. Mm. But I also come across things like, you know, bullets from M16s and things like that in the caves <laughs> out in that area. <laughs> Oh, wow. Absolutely fascinating. That's so cool when you go into a cave and you don't know what to expect and you find all these things that give you a better idea of the world and how it works. I think that is incredible. Yeah, you can tell your mom I'm still looking for the looted gold that the Japanese Imperial Army took from Myanmar, from Burma in the Second World War and apparently stashed in a cave in our district somewhere. <laughs> okay, I'll let her know. Six, six crates of it. <laughs> I'm still looking. Wow. <laughs> oh, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, what should every aspiring cave photographer keep in mind before they pursue the genre? Um, I think if, if you just want to start out, there isn't just pick somewhere really simple or, or you can even just try it out in your, in, anywhere in the dark and just sort of start playing around with, with your remote shutter cable and, and your lights and different lighting things. You can light up structures or trees or whatever. And um, yeah, just just play around with it. And also, it's it's such a so much room for experimentation. And your equipment doesn't really have to be anything special. I mean, you can take wonderful cave photographs on um, on any camera that you can just lock open for thirty seconds, and then add as much light as you can while while it's obviously on a, on a tripod. But also just single shots with flashes or other people shining lights while you're taking a shot. There's many ways to start, and you don't have to go very deep into a cave. But as I said before, it's depending on where you where you live, you might find there aren't many caves that are accessible to the general public, except for the tourist caves, which have lighting and pathways and guides and an entrance fee. So fortunately, in, in Thailand and much of Southeast Asia, the, most of the caves are just in wilderness areas, and often you don't need to seek permission at all. You just walk in there so it can be a bit difficult for finding a good cave to photograph but if you have one in your general area even an entrance or you can join a group that goes into a cave then certainly take care um, make sure you have the right equipment make sure you're wearing helmets and also you know as well as looking after yourself a really important thing for the cave photography is to take care of the cave and its formations you know, you have to respect the natural integrity of the cave and formations are very fragile. If you walk on them, step on them, even touch them, you'll impact upon them. Don't take your rubbish into caves. Don't don't use it as a toilet. Don't light fires in caves and be very aware of any fish, critters or, or cave animals. Bats, don't disturb the bats. So, you know, you want to leave as, like, like they say, you know, take any photographs and leave any footprints well in caves you don't even want to leave your footprints <laughs> you, you really want to be as careful as possible and i've noticed with particularly um people who do photograph in caves who aren't cavers and don't really understand the whole concept of cave conservation sometimes walk all over things you know they put their models on top of sparkling formations and it's it's a very selfish attitude because uh, these things are precious and they they're going to be around for a very long time for many more generations if we take care of them. So that that's definitely one thing you want to keep in mind. You know, go there understanding that 
every human who enters a cave has a slight impact. Even your breathing in there can you know, affect the cave air to a certain extent. So, yeah, tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is all very, very good advice and very, very important for people to understand, especially the cave conservation tip, because as you mentioned, everything that we do, especially in the caves, it, things are fragile there and you don't want to mess it up. So other people in the future won't be able to see it. Have to be as respectful as possible. Yeah, they're very special places, and I don't think humans were really designed to go into caves. <laughs> <laughs> Though prehistoric humans did go quite a long way into some caves all over the world with their burning pine wood torches or whatever. So um, you know, they were remarkable. The the really early cave explorers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is important to to remember that you have to. Not be selfish, basically, as you mentioned. Just For because sure. something is beautiful and shiny does not mean you have to sit on it or touch it or, you know, just be as respectful as possible as you would with a wild animal, for example. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You don't go and capture the thing so you can photograph it. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, John, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? <laughs> oh, gee, that's a tough one. Um <laughs> I don't really have any great aspirations. I've had such a good, fulfilling life that, you know, and photography has just been a joy. And I'm really happy to share my images. I mean, it's sometimes on some of the photographs I've taken, I know they've been seen and shared countless times, and that's always gratifying. But I I don't aspire to be a a particularly famous photographer or anything like that. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. and. What I aspire to, to be in this great big world, you know, apart from photography, is just to live a bit longer so I can uh, I can keep on doing what I enjoy. That is a wonderful answer. I like that. And I like that you're not trying to be famous because that can come with its own problems. <laughs> I think it's nice <laughs> to just live in the moment and really enjoy your life as you are doing. And yeah, well, I admire that. Yeah, we. I, I have a sort of a low-level fame, you know, a low, sort of local. Everyone in the in the surrounding area knows me. There aren't that many foreigners living where we live. So. <laughs> and actually, for for a while, when when I was a bit younger and um, better looking, I was I was on Thai TV many times, and that was actually to do with caves. I was taking these Thai television crews for some very hardcore caving adventures, and wasn't able to take too many photographs during that during those trips but um oh, it must have been about 20 times i think so for a little while there's lots of ties that meet me on the street and say hey you're that guy the the cave guy the uh <laughs> the, <laughs> one with the coffin oh, nice. oh, like yeah that, that was about as famous as i ever got i think no that was enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's nice i really like that i admire that because um of course uh a lot of people in the world do try to pursue fame, but I think this is my opinion. It's nicer to just enjoy what you do and do it for yourself and also respect your surroundings and try to travel as much as possible and just really live your life. I think that is such a nice sure. way to, to live as a photographer. Yeah. So when are you going to come and visit Cave Lodge? <laughs> after after oh, COVID? Hopefully in the future. I really look forward to it. I really want to do it. And I, I, get into always, some caves with you, take some pictures. I would love photography. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's make a plan in the future. Yeah, awesome. It's great okay. talking to you. John, it was so much fun talking to you. Thank you for your time. I learned so much about cave photography, and I'm sure that the listeners did as well. 
I wish you the very best with your future yeah. photography well, pursuits. Good luck to everybody. Good to go. Good to see the photos that you take in the future. Yeah, any camera, any place, give it a go. It's great fun. <laughs> get some really okay, John, rest. thank you so much. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to John about his wild, wild adventures in caves. I hope his story gave you a better idea of this unique genre. Definitely check out his work if you need a boost of travel inspiration. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.